Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains, where we talk about your adventure travels from backpacking to expeditions. I'm your host, Chris, and today we welcome Jamie and Skylar from Explorcation. I will put the link down below to their blog, it's fantastic. And they're going to come and talk to us about the time they adventured around the Caribbean. We talk about hiking on volcanoes, hiking the, uh, the Petit Peton in St. Lucia, and checking out as many secret beaches as you possibly can with the time they have. I hope you enjoy it. While you're listening, if you do enjoy it, please feel free to subscribe so that you don't miss another episode. Share it with some friends if you like so that we can grow. But otherwise, let's get straight into it. So hello, Jamie and Skylar. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are we today? Hi, thanks for having us. We're doing really well. Yeah, thanks for having us, Chris. Perfect. Thank you for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. So, although you are coming from lovely Florida today, um, we're actually here to talk about a different luxurious location. So, tell us, tell us all, where, where did you go for, for a week? So, we went on a week-long cruise out of Puerto Rico, and we had five different stops. So, our first stop was in Barbados, where we did more of a beach tour. Our next stop was... St. Lucia. St. Lucia, where we did a pretty epic hike. Our third one was Antigua. It's kind of a mixture of a beach and hike day. Uh, the next one was St. Kitts, which was a, another epic hike. <laughs> you see a little bit of a, a pattern here. And our last stop was St. Thomas, where we again did a little bit of hiking, but it was more of a beach day. Yeah, and what, what I liked about it, what really kind of spoke out to me when when we we're chatting about this um because I, I think it was me who got in touch with you and then and then you said you said yeah we've done this brilliant thing here was it wasn't just a, a cruise where you just sort of got off and the, the coach took you to to the city and you went on mass to the markets bartered and went home again um you know it's it you actually went out there and explored at each location that i think you utilized a cruise in the best way i've ever heard of so yeah i really liked that aspect um right. and and St. Lucia's, it's that, it's that Petit, Petit, um, Petit Piton. Yeah. yeah, that really tall peak just uh, at the random at the end of the island, right? Yeah. Perfect. So like take that. us through day by day then. How, how was day one? Well, what do we call day one? <laughs> I think <laughs> day one probably would have been the day when we boarded the ship, which actually is kind of like day zero on the ship. Um, <laughs> yeah. Still yeah, still yeah. I guess it's technically an eight-day cruise if you count that as day one. But yeah, we got on um, the ship at around eleven thirty in the morning, and yeah, when we go on cruises, our first day is pretty much just walking around the ship, um, getting to know where everything is, finding where all the bars and restaurants are, where the coffee shop is, the gym, all those things. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you get your your luxury meal the first day on the ship. So make sure it's really good. And, you know, they've already got the buffets set up whenever you get on the ship. So even if you're there before lunchtime, you can start eating and drinking as soon as you get on there. <laughs> and yeah. since cruise had so many ports, we knew day two was going to be our only sea day. So it was the only day we didn't have to wake up early and get off the ship. So. So night one was the only night where we actually like stayed up and, and partied a little bit, I guess. 
Yeah. We could sleep in the next day. Because yeah. just just briefly, how big a ship were you on? I've been on a cruise before, and it was two hundred meters long. Uh, and there was a couple of different areas you could go f- to for entertainment. Uh, that I've heard of other cruises which are much smaller with a more intimate crew on board. Somewhere in between. It's yeah. not. It's not what would be considered a mega ship, but still plenty big. I think it was twenty five hundred passengers or so. Yeah, the, the ship that we went on is called the Celebrity Summit. It's not not giant like the mega ships, but it's still pretty big. You can still yeah. get yourself turned around on there still seemed pretty big to us at least well i think when you can use the word restaurant as a plural then then you're on a big ship (laughs) yeah (laughs) perfect so we've partied on day on 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 sort of what day zero uh was it was it what we're calling it (laughs) and then therefore what day one is is just a sea bearing day yeah like skylar said it was our our only sea day and that's kind of why we ended up with this itinerary because we wanted to be able to go to as many different islands as we could. It's, that, that's one of the unique things about a cruise is you can visit five different places in a week and you don't feel like you're rushing around. You're not having to uh, try to get a ferry from one island to the next or taking a small seaplane. You know, it's just very, very easy travel that way. But knowing we only had that one day, um, Day two, I guess, <laughs> technically day one, what we're referring to it as, was all about the <laughs> So we just focused on eating at the buffets, trying one of the specialty restaurants, having coffee a few times, and having the formal dining meal at the end of the day. And I think we probably even had a midnight pizza. We did, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And, you know, when you're going to go on two huge hikes in the next three days, you don't have to feel too guilty about hanging out all day. Uh, you need to carve yeah. up as well. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Yeah. So we feasted out. We've had a great time. And, and honestly, uh, as cruises are, I guess, if you're looking into them too much, they're a bit calm, controversial because of the, 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 the emissions and being sustainable but there's one thing i think everyone can agree on which is spending a day on a cruise is really nice just for the food they give and just the time to yourself i remember playing ping pong with my brother and uh, it was when we were crossing from tunis to ibiza so right across the mediterranean sea and you'd hit the ball and it would go fly off to the left or go above you because the shit was dipping down um yeah that was really funny so but uh, but moving on to the first adventure day, I suppose. Then, so let's let's start talking through beach day, I suppose. Yeah, so that was our beach day in Barbados, and Skylar had uh, he'd rented us a car, which just driving in Barbados is <laughs> is interesting. It would have been our first time renting a car in a place where you drive on the left hand side, but also with a left hand car a right hand car yeah because i have driven in the virgin islands before which is Mm. driving on the right the left side which is not what we're used to in the u.s so i had some experience with the left side driving but i had not yet experienced the right side control so that was a first for barbado so i was turning on the windshield wipers every time (laughs) so that was interesting. So, yeah, it was a chat. That was a little challenging to get used to the driving, but yeah. you know, we got the insurance and didn't have to use it. So, 
thankfully. Yeah. I was I was pretty nervous about it because I'm sitting on the other side of the vehicle, like close to where all these um, these huge curbs are in the city. They're like uh, the curbs are pretty big in the city, <laughs> and so here I'm just always worried. But as soon as we got out of the city, then it was fine. Once you got kind of out of the the touristy area, which is what we really wanted to do, because with Skyler's research, he knew. Was it the east side of the island? Yeah. Was a lot less touristy, a lot more rugged, just a whole different, different feel. Um, like where the cruise port's at, there's a giant bay that's a really beautiful beach, very calm waters. Very so, manicured. Yeah, but most of the, the cruise um, passengers tend to kind of stay in that area. So what we did first is we got our car and we drove to the <laughs> other side just to experience that. Yeah, it did not disappoint us. Um, we, well, we had 15 beaches on our list. We knew we weren't going to get to all of them, but we did How end up. What did you do in the end? Eight. We made it to eight. Jeez. So we could have done more, but we found a couple we really liked on the East Coast. Um, one of them we spent like two hours at just because it was beautiful. Hard time leaving. So yeah, we didn't make it to our whole list, but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine just enjoying it because that's what you're there for. It, it would be a very expensive tick list otherwise, wouldn't it? So, perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. talk us through each each beach you found and on which one were the favorite ones. Yeah. Well, we kind of had three that were our favorites. Um, the first one was called Bottom Bay Beach. And that one had, we really liked it. It was on the East Coast. It was really rugged, really big waves. Um, There's some rocks and cliffs. It's, it's kind of a cove. So you had like yeah. rocky areas on either side of you, and the, the sand was really wide and soft. Oh. It was it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> there was waves, too, that the water came rushing through that you could stand in. And I was able to do a little bit of rock climbing on the beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was fun, uh, but the time of year that we visited was during surf season, and on the east side, the waves can be really intense. So the water was beautiful, but it was very, very rough there. So while that is one of our favorite beaches, um, we didn't, we weren't able to get in the water there just because of the time of year that we could visit there. Perfect, perfect. The second one was Fowl, Fowl Bay Beach, mm -hmm. and that was on the east coast as well. And pretty much the same story there. It's just a beautiful, rugged beach. I think we were the only ones there. There might have been one other couple when we first got there. But yeah, we had it pretty much all to ourselves. Um, we brought a travel hammock that we were able to put up and just lay in that and relax. And yeah, and Foul Bay was really nice because that that beach was a lot, it was a lot bigger than Bottom Bay. Um, and it had more shade. Bottom Bay beautiful True. but there was very very no little shade there so you couldn't go there and like hang out all day but on foul beach you could find some nice shaded areas like you said we you know, put up our hammock and we're able to hang out in the shade and also enjoy the nice sand beach yeah. um, i would say the the waves there were not as intense as foul bay so we did <laughs> we tried to get in the water there we yeah. made it a little bit but the waves we both got wiped out <laughs> Really, <laughs> sand from under your feet, and after that happened, I was like, "All right, <laughs> I'll just enjoy it from afar, and hopefully someday we'll get to visit the island when it's uh, a little bit calmer." Yeah, or when we have surfers. <laughs> or surfing. Yeah, if you were there to surf, that's great. 
I didn't know this, but Skyler did from his research that Barbados is a really great surf destination. Perfect. Well, I mean, I've I've stood on a surfboard once, and uh, and that, that's, that's as far as I've surfed. <laughs> Straight line. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our number two favorite, and then our third one was closer to the cruise ship. We did end up um, stopping at the beach that was was still the farthest away from the cruise ship, but on the main bay. That's called Carlisle Bay. It was like the last beach on Carlisle Bay. So we're starting to get a little bit more touristy there, but by the time we made it back there, a lot of the people on the cruise ship had already made their way back on the ship. So there weren't too many people on the beach and it was still beautiful. The water in that area though is calm. So we were able to get in at that spot, cool down, swim around, do some snorkeling. Uh, I think we came across a few sea turtles snorkeling there. And uh, another great beach where you could go and just kind of hang out all day. Because uh, there are vendors nearby, do your snorkeling, and there is a shipwreck near there too. But we did not, uh, we did not find it at that beach. Right, that's cool though. But yeah, the coasts really were just night and day difference. And it's only maybe twenty mile wide island, but from the east coast to the west coast, like on the east coast, you feel almost more like you're in Costa Rica or Hawaii or something, just because of all the all the hills and the cliffs and the huge waves. And then you get over to the West Coast and it kind of just feels like you're on one of the beaches we have here in Florida. Just yeah. soft white sand, very calm waters, much clearer waters than Florida. The snorkeling is really So anything else we need to know about day one or day, what are we on officially now? Day two, if we're starting on day <laughs> zero? <laughs> anything else we need to know before we, we move on then? Yeah, that's about it. Perfect. So what's next? St. Lucia. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it was probably like our most anticipated stop on this trip. And this was the island that I actually planned uh, for once. And when I came across the hike to the Petit Baton, when I told Skylar about it, I said, I found us the perfect hike on St. Lucia. The bad news is, I don't know if we can do it on a cruise ship. <laughs> it was it was really challenging uh, to find a company that was able to pick us up from the cruise port and drive us to the start of the hike. It was about an hour and 15 minute drive each way. And then the hike, uh, from doing reviews, it sounded like you were really fast. You could go up and down in three hours. Uh, but a lot of people took closer to around five hours. So we knew that being able to just get ourselves there and do the hike, we could be kind of pushing it for for being on a cruise. But uh, I think <laughs> what I, I I did a Google search and I searched, "Can you hike the Petit Baton on a cruise?" and it pulled up the website. <laughs> and sure enough, it, it eventually got me to an individual who was willing to to book uh, this tour with us. I had even reached out to another person on YouTube that had done a video of the hike, just kind of inquiring, hey, you know, were you were you staying there? Can we do this in a day? And their response was kind of like, I don't, I don't think so. You kind of need to be there and set it up like the day before and then do the hike the next day. So we're kind of kind of sad about that, but very, very happy when we found a tour company that was willing to take us. So 
we got off the ship as early as we could at our um, our tour guides. Uh, they were with St. Lucia Tours, and we had a beautiful drive from the cruise ship to where the hike started. It went through a few local cities there, so it was kind of cool to drive actually through the cities. I'm glad we were not driving in any of those oh, cities. Yeah. It would have been a terrible <laughs> drive. <laughs> was it traffic or just people not abiding to sort of standard laws or traffic and just the condition of the roads and just how winding they were yeah i, I would not know like what if we were supposed to drive down a certain road or we would drive down roads and i was thinking that we we're going the wrong way because in, in the <laughs> cities it's really difficult to, to know where you're supposed to go mm -hmm. yeah and then I that it would be fine but the cities are, are kind of crazy to see that so yeah, just driving to the town was really cool to see the island. And the roads have these like drainage areas on the side of each road that like we actually saw a small car that had driven off the side of the road into one of them. It was like completely at like a 45 degree angle stuck. No. And we kind of uh -huh. joked if we would have rented a car, that would have been us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were very thankful we did not have to drive on that. Yeah. And as we as we got a little bit closer to the tone area, it was it was interesting to just get closer to it and see how vertical it is. Mm. I'm sitting in this vehicle thinking, how are we getting up there? <laughs> well, you know, like I thought that as well. I've seen pictures of it and I've listened to another podcast uh, called the Amateur Traveler podcast, which is really good. They, a while ago, did an episode on St. Lucia, and she talked about the whole island, and she mentioned the, the Petit Piton um, uh, peak. And I was like, oh, that, that sounds awesome. And I looked at the picture, and I was like, how are you hiking to the top of that? Like, but, but you do, I guess? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's more of a climb than a hike. Like, like a so scramble. The, yeah, the Go Piton is actually the more popular one. It's actually a little bit bigger than the Petit Piton, um, and it's much more climbed. It's a much easier climb if you look at pictures of that one there's like stairs and there's railing and it's just a much better path than to keep the home but um we wanted the challenge and we wanted to climb for the, sure the trail that was less traveled so yeah and we knew like if if we were you know too far into our trip and we're gonna be late to the ship at any time we just turn back around yeah and go back. We were it's hoping not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, though, whenever we got to the the start of it, it's kind of, it's, it's all unique. <laughs> every, every part of it is unique. There's a little stand that a lady runs, and she sells beers and snacks and waters out of this little stand. And uh, she's, she's the lady that you pay for the entrance. It, the, the entrance fee depends on if you're with a guide or if you're not with a guide. If you don't go with a guide, then it's more. But we would recommend going to a guide if you're just visiting the island and not want to try that hike on our on our own. But after you pay at the stand, okay. then you just kind of like walk into the trees. And at first, it looks kind of like any other hike. Yeah. And very quickly, it changes. Because <laughs> <laughs> what, what altitude is it? What was, What's the peak at? Oh, I know. Uh, it's over 3,000, I think. Oh, feet, of course, yeah. You're over the pond, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> we do meters here. Um, 
I'll find out while you talk. Okay. So very quickly, it goes quite vertical. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it goes vertical. Um, the, the guy that we ended up with is the mountain fox, and he's a very young guy. He's been hiking the Tikatone for years now, and we just kind of started off on his pace, thinking, all right, you know, we're in good shape. We'll just go at his pace. <laughs> oh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> uh, the, the hike is made up of four different quarters and the first two quarters are more of that rock scramble by the time we made it to the first quarter lookout area we were just out of breath overheating needing water and you're like okay <laughs> we gotta stop trying to keep up with the mountain box that's his name for a reason <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll slow down the pace a little bit and it, it went much better after that <laughs> so i was off on the hike it's the Petit Baton is only 2,400 feet, yes, 743 which... meters, and the Go Baton is 2,619. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I've got here, 743 meters. But you're basically starting from sea level, aren't you? Or almost. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of elevation over a very short uh, horizontal distance. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Yeah. But yeah, he was in incredible shape. We were both sweating and out of breath and chugging water pretty much a half hour <laughs> into it. And he had not even broken a sweat. It was amazing. Wow. You know, but, you know, he finds it, what, four or five times a week. So, yeah, we and were very, it. very impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And what yeah. are the views like from the top? Uh, well, the views are everywhere. There were a lot of little areas you could stop off, and, like look through the trees and just get a, a good view over the town of Soufre. We got a ton of amazing views over that city. Uh, as you worked your way up, uh, we ha would have you stop at definitely the, the first quarter was a good lookout. The halfway point is more of just like a rock resting area. And then the three quarter point, that's that was an, an amazing you and we're told that uh, some people only choose to go to it's that last quarter where you have to really do rock climbing you have to pull yourself up on ropes you get up to these big boulders and all there is is a rope that hangs down with knots on it and you have to climb yourself up and over it Jeez. So you really have to have upper body strength and to be honest if we, we wouldn't have picked up rock climbing a few years ago, I probably would not have been able to do that hike. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really intense. Uh, so I totally understand why people, they don't have rock climbing skills or are afraid of heights, just don't have upper body strength, would only want to go to that three-quarter point. It still is, it's a beautiful view over uh, the city of Sucre. But to get the view of the Gopi Tong, you have to go all the way to the peak to get that. For sure, for sure. So I assume you made it back down safely. <laughs> <laughs> we did, we did. Um, it, it was just that last quarter for us was probably like the, the best part of the hike. Would you mm -hmm. agree? Yeah. Being yeah, able to, to be out on the side of, <laughs> of a pitone and climbing up these ropes where you don't have any safety harness. Like you're responsible for your own safety. If yeah. you fall, 
nothing's going to catch you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're you're not going to die. The, mo- the most you'd ever fall would maybe be like 10, 15 feet. So you could definitely get injured. You're never like at risk of just falling off the edge of the mountain. There's not that much exposure, but it's still, you could definitely hurt yourself if you don't know what you're doing. Perfect. So after that, back to the ship and on, on to the following day, I imagine? Yeah. After after that hike, we went back to the ship, we showered, and we went and sat in the <laughs> Yeah, the hot tub. Because my oh, knee was really yeah. hurt. I don't know if I... Did. Well, I know I hit it on something, but it also just kind of feel, felt like I maybe tore something. or I didn't know what was going on, but... I was definitely woman back to the ship, so so yeah, straight to the hot tub and rest. Yeah, <laughs> bed early that night for sure. <laughs> Perfect. And the next day, where where are we going to the next day? The next day was Antigua. Yeah. So yeah, Antigua. We had kind of another day like Barbados planned out because we knew the St. Lucia hike was going to be tough and we'd be pretty exhausted. So we figured we'd just do another beach day. And when we woke up that morning, my knees still hurt pretty bad. We were pretty tired. So we had like another 10 beaches on our list for the day. And we decided we were just going to pick the one that we were most excited about, just forego the car rental and just find a cab and go to that one beach and just relax. So we picked Galleon Beach, which was about a half hour from cruise port. So we got off the ship early, uh, just found a local cab and negotiated a cab to the beach. So um, for less than $40 round trip, we were able to get to this beach and back. That was like a half hour away. So we were, we were happy. It was nice because he, he told us we wouldn't have to pay until we were coming back. So that way we knew that he would come and get us because yeah. we were pretty far away from the cruise port. Yeah, and you're unlikely to hike back in, the, in that heat all the way back to through, through flat ground to the, to the port. Okay. So. Yeah. so we chose Galleon Beach because it has something known as Pillars of Hercules. Um, it's this, how would you describe it? There it's like pillar rock formations on the coast. There's a cliff, and underneath the cliff is where you'll find these pillars that the the sea has the sea and rocks have just carved out, and they're just very unique looking. Pillars yeah. that they're really smooth and just I've never seen anything like it before. It kind of makes you feel like you're on a planet. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that some movie scenes were actually filmed there as well. Okay. Exactly From your research, it seemed that most people would view the pillars either by hiking above them to the cliff or going on like a boat tour and seeing them from the water. But we also knew that if you were there at a like low tide, you would be able to actually walk in front of where they are. So when we initially got to Galleon Beach, it was was not uh, the greatest beach day so we thought yeah let's just walk around and see if we can find these pillars and it didn't take us long we just had to walk around the first bend and there they were (laughs) yeah yeah i'd say it was more like a scramble 
like you had to scramble along some rocks to actually get to the pillars. And that's another area where you can't really trust the reviews online because like Jamie said, people, majority, majority of the people said we either had to access it by boat or else you could only look at them from the cliffs up above. But then as you do some more reviews, you do find a few people that were willing to kind of scramble across the boulders. And like James said, you can really only do it during low tide. And we just happened to be lucky enough that it was low tide when we, when we got there. So That's you know, we part were... of the fun, though, scrambling across rocks. That's, that's part of being on a beach, isn't it? Yeah. If they're there, you have to climb across them. <laughs> yeah. For us, anytime we go to a beach, oh, there's rocks over there. Let's let's go see what's over over the rocks. What, what is it about it? Like, what, what is? It's like your brain just goes climb, and you're like, yeah. why? Why am I doing that? Goes, just climb, just do it. And it's funny because even even after we had kind of hung out in the, the pillar area, uh, I was ready to head back to the beach, and Skyler was like, I kind of want to go to that point and just look around the corner. And I was like, really? Okay. So she was good. <laughs> <laughs> but we did end up making it to this corner and you turn to your left and here was a whole nother world it was still rock but the formations were completely different than the pillars of hercules and it just so happened that these types of formations had like pockets where you could really do some climbing so we ended up staying there for like another hour yeah <laughs> climbing around on those rocks and i think that area we found out later was known as Mermaid gardens? Yeah, mermaid gardens. Yeah, we didn't even know it existed. Sometimes when you go just a, a little bit farther, you end up <laughs> finding something pretty spectacular. For sure, for sure. So spent the day there just relaxing. How did your knees feel by the end of the day? Um, About as bad as the start of the day. <laughs> Great. <laughs> after, after, though, we had hiked around on or climbed around on the mermaid area, you did at least get in the water. And you snorkeled around for a bit, so that you know, kind of took some pressure off the knee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a, sh a sunken ship that we had read about in our research. I had no idea where it was. I, I guess I had a general idea, general area. So we went out snorkeling, trying to find that, and it was not the calmest day, so it wasn't very clear what. I wasn't really confident I could find it, so I was snorkeling around for about 15 minutes and about ready to come back. All of a sudden, I see the shadow of this ship, and it kind of freaked me out. Like it was really, really spooky. Like I swam yeah. back before and had to kind of gather my nerves and also get the water camera, of course. So then, then I did swim back out there, and you know, once I got used to it, it was it was really. I'm glad I did find it. But it's I'm not like expecting you to say. And then when I swam out there, it had moved. <laughs> <Or something. laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be freaky. <laughs> it would. Yeah, it's a lot different than snorkeling around with bright, colorful coral and fish. Yeah. So back to the ship. More yeah, course we, meals. <laughs> yeah, we called our cabin. He came and picked us up. Went back to the ship. So from Antigua, we went to where now? After Antigua, it was Saint Kitts and. You know, by this time we had done the Petit Piton hike and then our day in Antigua was a little more active than we were initially <laughs> planning. Yeah. And you were still, you were still pretty rough that morning. Yeah, my knee was still hurting. We yeah. were, we were nervous about 
whether I could even do the hike. I was kind of telling Jamie, like, I'll try to do it, but you might just have to do it on your own and I'll just hang out on the trail. Or else we had thought about possibly just doing like a sightseeing tour that day instead. But we got off the ship, we met with our guide, we kind of let him know what my situation was. He didn't seem too nervous about it. He, he seemed <laughs> to make it to the top. So, um, so yeah, we attempted it. Thank God he had walking sticks for both of us. And that yeah. really allows you to transfer a lot of your body weight from oh, yeah. to your arms. So that was a lifesaver. There's no way I would have that mountain without walking Yeah, that was our, our first hike where we had some sort of like a walking stick. And I was surprised with how, how much that helped out. Because even though I wasn't as as in bad of shape as Skylar was, like coming down that mountain, it would have been really challenging to uh, to make it down safely <laughs> without that walking stick. But our guide, he was he he made it a whole different experience. So we have you know, both of these pretty epic hikes that we did on this trip, and both of them ended up really exceeding our expectations. And while uh, the hike we did in St. Kitts wasn't quite as vertical. It didn't involve like the rock climbing. It was more of an actual hike. And some some areas were more of a rock scramble. But going through this hike, it was just beautiful the entire time. You're shaded by all all these green trees. And our, our guide, his name is Emil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emil, he's a guy in his 60s. And he grew up, um, how did he well, he, he's, well, first of all, yeah, he's in his 60s. He climbs this mountain every day. He's in better shape probably than most 20-year-olds. He's the fittest 60-year-old man I've ever seen. It's ridiculous. But yeah, his he was probably the most interesting guy I've ever met in my life. Um, he was raised um, in the bush, he said. Like he said, he learned everything he knew about the land, the plants, and the animals from his grandparents who refer to as bush people. Yeah. So, he just had so much knowledge yeah. of the area. Every tree, every plant, you know, he'd pick something and break it open and have us touch it or smell it or tell us, you know, what it could be used for. Oh, wow. So, like educational experience in addition to hiking on the side of this gorgeous volcano. And is it active or dormant, the volcano? It's dormant. Okay, cool. So nerves are slightly a bit more down than yeah, active. yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. We were able to just kind of relax and enjoy it. And um, where we hiked up to was just the the rim of the volcano. There is a higher peak in that area, but they say most people don't actually hike to the peak; they just hike to the rim. But that's the first time we had hiked on a, a volcano, and. Yeah. We were able to look over and see the crater. I didn't really know what to expect in a dormant volcano, but there was just a whole bunch of water. It looked like a big lake mm-hmm. <laughs> in the middle. and Everything was just so great. It was really beautiful. And you said we could see a whole bunch of other islands. Yeah, if you looked one way, you could see into the volcano. And then if you looked the other way, yeah, you could actually see six different islands. Gee, that's high. Yeah, yeah, so... I looked it up, and this volcano was 3,600 feet high. Like Jane said, we didn't quite make it to the very top, but I would imagine we were within three, 400 feet of 
was pretty high. Yeah. It was an incredible view. And that's 1,097 metres for my European listeners. And that's that's high. That's about, in the UK, that's about Mount, Mount Snowden. So, okay. so yeah, you, you get quite a nice view from, from the top there. And this was, um, I don't know if we've mentioned it yet, it's Mount Wainiga, this volcano. Lovely. Perfect. So anything else worth mentioning about St. Kitts? Um, we actually made a really good time, which was surprising, considering how bad a shape I was in. So, <laughs> yeah, we, got, we still had two and a half hours, I think, before the ship oh, nice. started. So um, O'Neill actually kind of gave us a little tour of the island afterwards. He took us to a little store, let me buy a couple local beers, um, oh, took nice. us to a point called Timothy Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Timothy Hill, which is a, a point where you can see where the Caribbean and the Atlantic meet. So that was really neat. And yeah, that's do you, about do it. you see like a color difference in the water? Is there kind of a, like a definitive line or is it just the geographical point where it happens? Well, there's a narrow strip of land at this point, actually, that does divide them, but there is a color difference as well, right? Well, I, I saw it more in the waves on the on the Atlantic side. It was clearly more wavy yeah. than the side. And that's probably why the color difference, because the water that was moving more doesn't reflect as much weight. Chucks up more, doesn't it? <laughs> Brings up more from the ground. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Cool. That's nice. And really nice of him as well, just to take you on a tour of the island. <laughs> awesome yeah. guy. Uh, Hill was awesome. We would recommend him. Yes. Oh, I guess one thing, it was very hard to find his contact information. Like, all the reviews we read, we knew we absolutely wanted to hike this mountain with O'Neill because his reviews were so great, but we could not find contact information for this <laughs> man. Like, the only thing I could find was a Hotmail address, which... I don't know, maybe in other countries people still use Hotmail, but like no one I know has used a Hotmail email in years. So I wasn't confident that this email address was current. He hadn't responded to me. So I did some more research and finally found a phone number and contacted him through WhatsApp. And a couple of days had gone by and we hadn't heard from him. So we were about to book with someone else. And then he messaged me back and we were able to get books we're so happy that we did but yeah some of these guys their their information is not always easy and i'm going to invite you to do it at the end as well uh about to plug your blog um because it's it's brilliant but just out of interest do you have his contact details on your blog to find as well and and if and if so so far if people are on the edge of their seats listening to the podcast (laughs) where where can they go to see that see more information and his details Good question. So right now we're kind of in the middle of our of our cruise series. So we're just to our next will be Antigua. Yeah, our next one will be Antigua. So then after that will be St. Kitts. So we don't have that um, that blog out yet. But as soon as it is out, his contact information will be in the description. And eventually we probably will get blog written, and that will also be there as well. We asked him, like, are you okay with us putting your contact information out there, like your current contact information? And he was definitely okay with us doing that. Perfect. And put it where that we can. (laughs) Good. Perfect. So you've had... 
I was just going to say, hopefully we can help them get some more business because I'm sure all these tour guys are going to be hurting for some time to come after COVID. I know uh, during the hike, actually, when we had gone on our cruise, it was the end of February. So there yet weren't any restrictions for the U.S. The cruises were still going, but already the tour guides were seeing uh, decrease. Even if people were still cruising, fewer people were getting off the ship and, and booking tours. So they were already hurting before the cruise industry was halted. Yeah. Um, so it's worth mentioning, if you're listening to this in the, in the future, uh, first of all, how is it? And uh, second of all, um, at time of recording, we are in uh, the lockdown, the quarantine from the coronavirus pandemic. So, so yeah, that was a good time to go. I went to Helsinki in March, uh, just before everything happened. And so, yeah, sounds like you you went at the right time to to go exploring, rather than April, and then you would have had nothing to do and been sent home. So, <laughs> we're actually quite lucky. Really thankful we went and we did. We had been considering cruising a few weeks later which mm. ultimately that cruise would have got canceled pretty much at the last minute but um, ultimately we decided not to go then because it was during spring break and we had gone on a cruise unknowingly in the past that was during spring break and we didn't, didn't realize it was spring break until we got on the ship so when, once we, we realized that time that we had planned on traveling was during spring we decided to move it back a few a few weeks so yeah and actually as as a fun fact um there were a load of spring breakers who still partied and a lot of them got coronavirus so uh so it's good thing you didn't go on that ship then (laughs) exactly very good (laughs) so you've had an amazing hike up a volcano you've had a brilliant two and a half hour tour around the city back to the cruise after that i imagine and on to the next day yes yeah, another relaxing evening on the cruise ship. And our last port was St. Thomas. And we've been to St. Thomas a few different times. We stayed there on a long weekend before. So we're pretty familiar with the island. We rented cars on that island before. Uh, we had a pretty good idea of what we wanted to do. And so for that island, we just got off, rented our car. Uh, we had, I think you had I think you identified three different beaches mm-hmm. that we could possibly go to. So we just started with the first one on our list that we had been to before. That one was called Metalberg Beach, Nelterberg Beach. Yeah, yeah, we don't know exactly how to pronounce it. I think it's Nelterberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's three ways you can get to this beach. The first one is by four-wheeler or four-wheel by, by four-wheel drive. So locals on the island take their beach down there. They can drive down this road. The second way is the way we've gotten there previously, which is a rock scramble around the coast for about 15, 20 minutes. Um, but we were not up for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a, a short path that we were told existed, so we decided to try taking that path. It was about... Well, it should have been about 15 minutes, but it took us about a half hour because we made a turn. Okay. And just finding just finding the path was a challenge too. Like we only knew about the path because of a YouTube video. And we saw on the video where they entered the path, but they really didn't explain how they got there at all. So we had a rough idea of where this path was and when we started walking down it, like 
we thought it was the right path, but we never really knew for sure if we were even on the right path. But, and like we said, we made a wrong turn. We ended up at a beach that we knew was close to Melchiburg. So then we turned around, went a different way. And yeah, thankfully, after about a half hour of hike, we made it to the beach. You guys and, do some incredible research, by the way. That's, <laughs> that's fantastic yeah. research to know to be able to identify the wrong beach that you don't want to be at. That's <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. For these secret beaches, like they really are secret. You have to, I use a lot of Google street maps and I get GPS coordinates to get us as close as we can. And I use like aerial views, satellite views, um, just to kind of get an idea of where the trail might be. And then, yeah, a lot of times we get there and we still have no idea where the actual trail is. So we talk to locals and, yeah, thankfully we were able to make it to both of the beaches we planned, we wanted to go to on this trip. So, well, two of the three. Yeah, we didn't even attempt to make it to the third. Yeah, we spent, we spent a little while at Nelchaburg Beach, uh, but it was actually pretty busy. Yeah. There were a lot of locals there that day, probably because the cruise ship was in port, so they go away from <laughs> to all the beaches that the cruise uh, cruise goers typically hang out at so yeah. we just we were going to go and try to find santa maria beach which is a beach we had not been to before so and when we say Matchelberg was busy it was still only like 10 people on the whole beach <laughs> but the, the previous time we had it to ourselves so 10 people seemed pretty busy compared to like miami no oh, yeah. oh bournemouth in the uk just full of middle-aged sort of overweight blokes and with beers <laughs> uh, not like that uh, but for santa maria he had done a lot of research for that one as well and this trail you had to find a gate that was overgrown by vines and again we had seen videos about it and they kind of showed where you went into um, the trail he was able to look at that video for the entrance, then go to the Google street maps and match up where they were and grab the coordinates <laughs> <laughs> and then put the coordinates into our GPS. So, you know, it, it navigates right to where we need to park. <laughs> oh, and that's a great travel tip um, on these islands. If you get GPS coordinates and download the Google maps, it doesn't matter if you have cell phone reception or not because as long as your GPS is working and you have those coordinates that you can type in, you can just rely on your GPS to get where you're going. For sure, rather than relying on a Google search to find the name, then find the address. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good tip. I like that. He did find us. Uh, he got us to the, the entrance of this trail. And it was probably that was a good 15, 20 minute walk. Yeah, at least 20, I think. It was yeah. not a very well-maintained trail. But at least you could tell, like, there was one trail, and you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't like, veer off from it and get lost. You knew what the trail was. It was just very narrow. <laughs> yeah. Very narrow. But it was definitely worth it when we got to this beach. Nobody else was there. It was beautiful, uh, calm waters. And the whole time we were there, nobody else showed up. So we had this oh, wow. beach all to ourselves for, I don't know, an hour or so? Yeah, at least an hour and a half. Yeah, it was a great place to 
set out our blanket, lay in the sun, do some snorkeling. And this one only can be accessed by trip, or possibly, I mean, possibly by boat, I suppose. But I don't think we need to worry about it getting as busy as Metalburg because you can't buy vehicles. So I'd say Santa Maria is our new favorite beach on St. Thomas. Probably the one we'll be going back to first next time we go. Nice. <laughs> And then is that that brings an end to the trip, I guess? Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. Well, since we had cruised on Celebrity before, we got an invitation to go um, to the sail away party from St. Thomas on the helipad in front of the ship. So when we got back from our beach excursions, we had to get ready, be all nice and go out to the helipad and we got to wave goodbye to St. Thomas. It really was a beautiful island to be able to experience that sail away from that was really cool um, even though that was the last night on the ship we still had a full day in Puerto Rico yeah our flight the next day flew back to Florida from San Juan I think it was like 4 or 5 p.m and we were scheduled to be off the ship by like 8 in the morning so we had pretty much a full day to kill um, luckily, we, we got some cruise credit when we booked the cruise through a celebrity that we hadn't used. And we were able to use that on an excursion through the ship in Puerto Rico. So we went to a place called Playa Ventana. Is that right? No, no Cueva Ventana. Playa Ventana is in Costa Rica. Yeah, that's a beach. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the window cave. Window cave. Yeah, Cueva Ventana. Okay. <laughs> that was near Arecibo, which is like an hour west of San Juan. So it, normally we don't book excursions through the ship, but this one was really nice because it was really well organized. It, it got us off the ship really quickly and it put us on a bus and took us to this cave. And it wasn't the highlight of our trip, but it was a really nice way to spend our last day is much better than sitting here absolutely yeah it was about a mile walk and they taught you about the caves and you got to see all these bats and different cave creatures leg types I think they're called. other things that hang down yeah yeah one of them is stalactites is the one that goes down or the one that goes up and i can't remember the yeah. name of the other one <laughs> goes up and stalactites go down but okay. yeah yeah. There were both of them in the cave, <laughs> lots of those. It's the whole family. <laughs> lots of that, of course. But. Yeah. but then it op it opens up into a really cool view from this cave. and You get to see into a valley over a river. It's just a really beautiful, beautiful to see. So even though it wasn't as exciting as hiking the volcano or hiking the Potomac, so glad that we did it. I guess it eased yeah. us back into reality <laughs> yeah yeah as opposed to just a, a shock with the holiday blues <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah perfect and a lovely way to round it off as well um so before we get into some wrap-up questions is there anything else we need to know about you exploring across the caribbean kind of like what we were talking about earlier so many people just associate cruising with you know just sitting on a cruise ship picking out all you can eat, all you can drink, which 
it absolutely can be that. There's nothing wrong with that, of course. But it also can be a great opportunity to explore, in this case, five, six islands that become Puerto Rico in a mm. week. And if you tried to do that any other way, like through small flights from island to island, I'm pretty sure you'd spend a lot more money. Hell yeah. And on that cruise, and plus with the cruise, you get to go back to gourmet meals and a very comfortable bed. So. You don't have to worry about like getting lodging for every place that you're going and worrying like, oh, if we don't make it here by this day, then we've already got this dessert. You always get to go back to your, your room. You've got just one one general area to return to and not constantly packing up. I think people forget that your time is your own. So as soon as that plank goes across and you can leave the ship until the plank goes back on, I think perhaps mm-hmm. people just forget that you are, you're an adult. You can go off and explore, you know, you're yeah. not bound to the ship or their excursions. So yeah, you don't uh, have to skirt through the ship You can go find your own excursions, which a lot of times are a lot more adventurous and more offer. There is some risk, though, that goes that's involved with that as well. Because if you're if you're mm. booking uh, an excursion through the ship, you know they're not going to leave without you. Whereas <laughs> if something would have gone wrong on the stone or on the volcano, you might have been stuck there for a few days. But that's a risk that we're we're very aware of, and we do so much research to make sure that whoever we're booking with is somebody that can be trusted. But we also know in the back of our minds, like if something were to happen, like we've, we've got a plan. You know, if we had to stay on an island for a couple of days and ultimately fly back to the States, you know, it is what yeah. it is. <laughs> but you have to just kind of weigh those risks and make yeah. a decision for yourself, like kind of what you're willing to do or not willing to do. I suppose what I said earlier with the Petit Piton not going anywhere, it, on the flip side, the cruise ship is going somewhere. So, yeah, get, get back. I've <laughs> been on cruises where people get left. Yeah. <laughs> they will leave you. <laughs> Perfect. So I'm interested to know, that's quite a nice amount of activity you got up to. What was one thing that surprised you the most about the trip? As much as we were able to do. Like looking back, we crammed so much into a week, even preparing for it, knowing what we had planned. I knew it was a lot, but looking back and seeing everything we were able to experience in that short period of time, it was, it was really surprising to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I'm not sure you would because of the pure amount of research you put into, which is, which is so nice to hear. Uh, but what's one thing that you would do differently if you were to do it all again? Mm. Except wear knee straps on a on Petit Piton, yeah. maybe. <laughs> oh, well, I, I would have dressed differently on that Piton hike, too, yeah. for sure. I wore jeans. And I was oh. in about 20 minutes, so <laughs> I definitely would have wore shorts and a tank top and just been willing to get scratched up a little bit. Yeah. Always sweating sleep full time so yeah that's the thing I would have done differently that's a tough question because even though not everything maybe went like exactly as planned I, I don't know that I would there's nothing that sticks out and says I, I wish we would have done that different a sign, sign of a good trip 
yeah. it, it turned out about as perfect as we could have asked it to, really. Yeah. To be honest, the it sounds like the only answer you could have given, which you can't because the cruise dictates your days, is what a lot of my guests say when a trip goes well. And they said the only thing I'd do differently is have more days there. Um, and, and that's not even a feasible answer. So to, to be honest, a good trip all around. <laughs> oh, you know what? That, that brings up a good point. I do wish there was one more day because after doing everything on those islands, like five days in a row of exploring, I personally would have liked a day on the ship too to enjoy the ship a little bit more because when you have an itinerary like this, you're gone most of the day and you come back late afternoon, grab a little bit uh, of a snack, like at the buffet, but you don't really get to experience the ship during the day, except for that first day. So I would have liked yeah. a day to relax, just do nothing, but hang yeah. out at the pool and eat after all of those crazy excursions. A sea day right in the middle would have been nice. For my need to recover a little bit <laughs> but yeah everyone always says oh yeah you need a vacation from vacation but that was a vacation where that, that really does apply <laughs> we could have used another day or two <laughs> recover for sure perfect and this last question uh, i ask everyone this but what is one moment that you would relive on the trip uh, just the top of the petite baton for me. I yeah. could spend an entire day up there. I oh, think lovely. We'll, I think we'll do that again. And that was the first thing that came to my mind as well. Is getting to the top of that baton. Because for me, I, I really don't think this is something I could have done a few years ago. It would have been a huge challenge. So to be able to to make it to the top and experience that view, that's what I would Perfect. So before we say goodbye, where can we send people to find out more information about this travel and more? Yeah, so we're currently working on our YouTube blog series. So we do have a channel that's called Exploration. So you can find that on YouTube. We also have a blog with the same name, but the, the site is broken up. I think it's Explore, then Exploration. So that's the the two main places you can find us or you can email us at exploitationblog at gmail. Perfect. And I'll make sure I put those links in the show notes as well. So anyone who wants to find out more info or click onto the links, they can do there. But um, by the way, it's Jamie Skyler. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. It's really been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It's It's been a it's been a great time to just kind of remember everything that we, we've gone through. Absolutely. I really, really hope you enjoyed that. That really is a cruise done correctly. Just getting off, being an adult, your time is your own, and just really making the most of each island that you're on. Really fantastic stuff by Exploration, Jamie and Skylar. If you liked it too, then feel free to follow, to subscribe, share it with your friends so that we can grow and spread the love. But otherwise, if you want to get in touch and come on the show, you can do at btmtravelpods at gmail.com. Or you can follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BTM Travel Pod. But for now, I hope you have an amazing day, and I will see you in the next episode.